Yo, guys, uh, today on the podcast, a really cool guest, a new guy in our comedy scene. I'm really happy to have him here. So stick through the intro. We're going to have an intro. We're going to have an ad, and then we're going to jump into it. You're going to love this one. Don't fucking click off this. What's up? Happy days to you. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to another episode of the Sidewalk Crew. Uh, we're cruising along in season two here, and uh, I'm I'm excited. You should all be excited, too, uh, because uh, through comedy, we're able to meet new people and everything. And uh, as you know, um, not long ago, as a matter of fact, the season finale, season one, which if you want to listen to the season finale, you should go on my Patreon, join my Patreon. And that way you can listen to my season finales, because my season finales are raw uncut crazy stuff happens so there was literally uh, seven comics around a table uh after the last show of the festival and uh the gentleman we have on today uh someone i met at the festival who has relocated to our comedy scene um and it's 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 great to have him here jeremy what's up brother what's up doc hey man fucking uh look first of all thank you so much for coming on um it's it's great to have you and uh, before we get too far into this, uh, I'd like to say that, uh, you know, everybody knows I, I enjoy wrestling a little bit. And Jeremy uh, has some background in wrestling. So to start off the show, I'm going to uh, showcase some audio from my favorite return. And then uh, we're, we're going to get nostalgic for a little while. And y'all just hang on for this one. So this is my favorite return ever in wrestling history. I'm excited. Dude, it happens so fast. Oh, dude. And that crowd's hot. It gets better. The crowd is what makes this return what it is. Oh, no. What's up? Yeah. 
That is, yeah, that's amazing. And and then just for the aesthetic, because that's what I wanted to hear. But this this is what this yeah. is what we paid for. We want to see that three D baby. ECW chance. Oh, that's cool. It's a sloppy ass three D. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. It's been a minute since they pulled that off. That's cool. So, so that's that's my favorite return of all time, and it's just because I I don't know why I know why is is it's definitely Spike is why I love the Dudleys so much um, because he's insane. Um, <laughs> Spike's my favorite too. Uh, he's not my favorite, but, but he's 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 why I like them so much. My yeah. favorite Dudley is definitely Devon. Yeah, Devon Dudley is my favorite. I think Devon worked so hard. Because yeah. he was, it was never Devon and Bubba Ray. It was Bubba. never Devon and Bubba Ray. It was for 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 twenty five years, Bubba Ray and Devon, Bubba Ray and Devon, Bubba yeah. Ray and Devon. Yep. And then even when he went and did the Bully Ray shit in fucking um, TNA. TNA, and you know, just it just it's not like until they reunited there was crazy. And then that's wait a minute. Oh no, that's four years ago. Yeah, that's their last one at Raw twenty five where they came back. And that's Devon looks old as shit in that. But yeah. when they returned in 2015, that was awesome. That was so cool, man. And it, you, it was so cool to hear the crowd chant ECW um, uh, and to shout, to, to, to shout out, get the table. It's like they all knew. And this is seven years ago. So this is like 2015. In 2015, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of newer fans that didn't know this or weren't, weren't subjected to this on a weekly basis. So for everybody to know exactly what they were supposed to say... Just, just is a testament to how. Well, they were in Brooklyn. Oh well, never mind. The uh, everybody in Brooklyn knows exactly who the Dudley Boys are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still, that's it's uh, that is amazing, dude. That's like when when DX comes back uh, every now and again, and and uh, uh, Billy Gunn says, "If you're not down with that, we got two words for you," and the whole crowd suck it. It, I mean. It's just amazing. That's not the biggest pop I've ever heard, though. The biggest crowd pop, wrestling-wise, that I think I ever heard was the year The Rock came back to host WrestleMania. Mm. Um, I remember he walked out and they go, introducing your host for WrestleMania, and they played like this lightning thing that ran along the LEDs in the stadium, or the, the arena, and then all the lights went down, and then his music is just, if you smell, and the, dude, I'm talking, Man. it was deafening. Like it was at the at the time I heard it, the place I was living at, we had theater surround sound, and I had it on all the time. And I'm talking wow. almost shit myself <laughs> when when that theme music hit. Like it was just wow, dude, that's cool. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the the, the biggest comeback I've I've heard or I've you know. Um, I think any time. Anytime the rocks music would hit or Stone Colds would hit because it's a gla- it's glass or if you smell and it 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 makes you erupt immediately immediately so I think that maybe anything with Stone Cold or the Rock um, uh, Taker the 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 bell at the start of Taker 
when Taker would that come back too. After after he'd be gone for all, that was always a like a big WrestleMania twenty when he came back, and it was the it was the back to the original gimmick and yeah, that was a pretty big pop. That was mm. huge, man. The Druids came out first, dude. That was yeah. Uh, isn't that the one we rode in on the chariot? You know, I don't know if that was the one he rode on the chariot. I'm trying to think. I know, I know that when he came back, probably not, because when he came back, they had the druids for a while that had the... The, the, the torches. The torches. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, when they... WrestleMania 21 was in LA, or was in Hollywood, right? And um, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to do it, but um, my, my, my brother Dimitri, Tommy, uh, uh, Kevin, a couple of guys, all of the guys from my school, they were the druids. And so, or, or part of the 20 of them, you know? Yeah. And, and so when they were like walking out at first, I'm like, holy shit, there's, ah, you know, so that was pretty cool. But, um, uh, yeah, he'd had the, he had the Druids for a while. So, but it was just such a good pop, man. I, I think that one of the biggest crowd eruptions I've ever seen ever, ever, um, was, um, this is like raw 98 and, uh, uh, stone cold again. Um, but there it's like DX and Mick Foley and all these guys fighting in the ring and then Stone Cold's music hits and you see, I don't know, 16,000 people go from sitting down to, it's like a, it was like a giant wave that just stood right up and, and it's, it's the biggest crowd pop I have ever seen ever. And it, it's amazing. And so it's really cool that, that, you know, in the wrestling business, they're able to like create that kind of emotion like people really give a shit yeah you know what i mean like it's, the crowd gives a shit well and it's when it when it started and i'm no historian by any means i just listened to jimmy Cornette. yeah uh, yeah which i think makes me like historian adjacent yeah for sure. like that dude i'm pretty sure he knows everything everything i'm pretty sure he does he actually calls himself like a historian he is wrestling. He definitely yeah. is. He's a yeah. dick. He's a huge dick. But he's definitely a a, a, a historian. Honest. Yeah, <laughs> he's he honest. Is. Fuck you, Russo. Oh my god, <clears throat> he. I would love to see, like I, I would love it <laughs> if you could like, like uh, a prank show, and you and you're like, oh, okay, uh, uh, Vince Russo, we're gonna do a show with you. Let's talk about. It. Let's go to a meeting. Meet me at this restaurant, and they tell Cornette the same thing. And but they just let them meet. It's just, it's all about them sitting down together. I'm pretty sure somebody died. Oh yeah, there'd be chairs would be flying. I mean, it would be actually to be honest with you, it would be Cornette uh, killing Russo. Yeah, <laughs> that's what would go down. Because Russo would be like, "Hey, bro, don't fucking worry about it." All this weird meta, and then fucking Cornette would just beat him with a chair. It would just be over. Yeah, maybe that wouldn't be such a good idea. I'd watch it. I would totally watch. I it. would spend ungodly amounts of paper. I'd be money a to producer. Yeah, <laughs> for free. Yeah, yeah. I just want it to happen. I just want to see it. Maybe, maybe, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, we we might edit this part out because I think that makes us accessories now. If this ever happens. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. Or, or 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 we just spawn the idea for somebody else. Be like, you know, that's a good idea. You know, but Sabak crew, you heard it here first. Jeremy Nelson, Tony Rodriguez. Oh, we want twenty five percent. Absolutely, each. That's 50. Oh, 25 total. Okay, all right. It's Jimmy Cornette versus Vinny Russo. Like, how much is like The millions and millions. Hey, it'd be viral. It might, it might get. It'd be the first wrestling clip to have the words world star at the start of it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, man. Jimmy Cornette. You know, uh, Jim Cornette is probably one of the best to have in the business because 
he he understands how to create talent because he knows what looks good. Some of the best writing that was ever done in, in the writing. business. Absolutely. Uh, him, uh, Pritchard, um, shit. I mean, I guess even to an extent at that point, because didn't Al Snow write for a little while? Yeah. Al was creative. Anybody that was in creative was good. John Laurinaitis in creative was great. Yeah, Johnny uh, Ace. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Dusty. Rhodes was a creative team member for until the May. I swear to God, I used to walk around and I, I would just sit there and be like, it's all about the son of a plumber man because he's never going to understand what it's like to be me. The best in the business, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, um, yeah, baby. We're going to get it going tonight. Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, dude. He was great. He was great. And then... um. Uh, Jim Ross, I don't think, gets enough credit as a talent agent. Jim Ross, when he was a scout, was amazing. Jim Ross as a scout was amazing. Uh, Jim Ross, hello. What's up? And my wife shows up. For those of you who don't know, we do this podcast just in a studio on Mars. So for people to pop through the door, it's awesome. <laughs> um, Took me a long time to get here. On yeah. Mars. Yeah. I had to call Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in cahoots with Amazon is what I'm saying. <laughs> and they don't pay me, so Jeff Bezos, slave owner. Uh, I, um, JR, great in talent, great in talent acquisition, great in talent management. My favorite co- commentator, because he wasn't color, JR was a commentator. Yes. I don't care what anybody says, I've heard people say JR is a color commentator. You're not. For who? Yeah, yeah. For who? Maybe for Vince. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And at that point, it was just two commentators at a desk. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. The king was color commentator. Yeah. Jerry Lawler was color commentator, for sure. Uh, Jerry Lawler, uh, he's such an interesting fellow. Yeah, he's been through a lot. I mean, you got to think he started, I mean, the late 60s or early 70s. I mean, he's been, he's been at it for so long. He's seen so many generations of it change. Well, like his son, just his son alone, all the craziness with his son. Like, and then for him to eventually pass. Yeah. Like, ugh. Just, it wasn't until much later in life that I remember figuring out that his son's too sexy. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, it, you, you know, it never crosses your mind when you're that Grand age Master and you're watching sex. that, you know, Grandmaster Sexy is. Because, yeah. and then when you look in the face, you're like, oh, that's Jerry Lawler with cornrows. Yep. Oh, and yeah. Then, like, you look him in the face and that's exactly who it is. It's jacked up Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff, or Jerry. Jerry Lawler. Yeah. But he's, he's not, like, it. You never realize that. Like, Too Cool was awesome. I love Too Cool. Yeah, I, I like Too Cool. I like Too Cool. The, the Rikishi Hill turn was one of my least favorite things that ever happened. I did it for you. Yeah. For you, brother. <laughs> you know, uh, we were. Uh, this was like 2004, and um, I was with UPW, and UPW Ultimate Pro Wrestling did a show in uh, Vegas. Right outside of Vegas, it's called State Line. And it was a, a casino called Buffalo Bills. And, Jesus Christ! Yeah, and 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 the arena was like twenty five hundred people, and Rikishi was uh, part of the main event, and you know he does his little dance thing at the end, and he came up to me before the show, and he he goes he goes kid kid come here, and I was like all right fuck yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll walk up to Rikishi and talk to him, and he, and he goes he goes look man after my match. I do this thing where I dance. Like, I didn't fucking know. You know what I mean? Like, he's the, one of the biggest acts of, you know. And he was like, I dance. He goes, he goes, so I'm going to put the hat on. I'm going to do this. 
and then I'm going to do this. And when I do this, they need to hit that music. A lot of people fuck it up. He goes, but I need you to make sure that they're not going to fuck it up. And I'm like, okay, but also, that's not what I do. Yeah, I'm not in control of music, you know? And so I was like, all right, yes, sir. That's all I said was, yes, sir. And I walked up to, uh, to Murph, who is uh, in gorilla, gorilla position, and he goes, and I go, hey, man, um, Rikishi just walked up to me and told me that I have to make sure that you guys play his music when he needs it to be played. Yeah, and, and, and Murph looks at me and he goes, Ugh. He goes, dude, we know what he does. We know that he, when he needs to have the music, he goes, he's just freaking out about it. And I was like, okay, but he told me specifically <laughs> that I have to make sure that you do this. So please don't make this member of like a royal wrestling family actually hurt me. Exactly. And so uh, he gets done with the match, gets a couple of the guys, uh, the wrestlers that he was with, right, and they do a little dance. And he, he, he has his hat on. And he and he uh, puts his hands uh, to his you know down down by you know in front of him uh, with his head down to start playing his music and they didn't play his music. <laughs> oh no! And I'm I'm sitting in the back <clears throat> and, I'm, and I'm watching through the monitor and I'm like freaking out and and I'm like they they didn't do it and he and he like his head his eyebrow pops up and he like looks up and around and then he put his arms back up and then put his arms back down and his head down. And then they play the music, and I was like, "This is bad. Oh, this is bad." And honestly, he didn't even uh, he didn't even talk. He was so pissed he didn't even talk to me the rest of the night, right? So which is cool. I didn't want any interaction with him at all after that, because uh, I just I was scared, you know. And uh, but but yeah, man, that's my, that's a Rikishi story that I have. That's a I have no stories that involve notable wrestlers. That's not me seeing them at a convention and being like, "Dude, you're fucking awesome." Oh, bro! Uh, it's it's for me. It's all like I did some stuff with buddies in mine in backyards and uh, yeah. some 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 semi pro stuff down here. But I I was never like I had fun, but I never got to do anything big. Like I went to one hardcore event one time, and minus that, I never really did anything too big. You know, as far as independent wise. Uh, it's you, you. I mean, we've talked, man. You, you, you did like, you've done, um, you know, the, the, that CWF, man. That shit is no joke. It was, it, it was, it was so, sh- it was so short, and it was, it was like, it was. I mean, like, it was so short, but it was, it was fun. But I, I, I made. I wanted to play music. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I made some. I was a kid. I was in college. I didn't have to be there every day. Yeah. We had stuff twice a month. And it was like, they were like, yo, if you want to work out, the gym's here. But, you know, you're on your own, son. Like, yeah. We didn't have trainers. We didn't have school. Like, and they, they would, there were people that would make sure we were capable, you know, yeah. of, of doing said things. But, like, we weren't, <laughs> you know, after they watched you a couple times, they're like, you got this. Yeah. Like, yeah, that yeah, means yeah. you had to go in front of people and show you could do it. Do it. Yeah. But, like, outside of that, like, it was, and I remember, like, my last go around, I was like, all right, this is cool. This is going to be fun. Yeah. And uh, I had worked out uh, zero times in the two weeks leading up to it. And I get there, and I decide that a good long stretch is going to get me uh, prepared for what I'm about to do. Oh, man. And, um, I mean, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't, like, tiny or anything, but I was a little more solid than I was, than I am now yeah. at the time. And I just, it, it probably about three minutes is about as long as it went. And uh, it, it it wasn't supposed to go for like six or seven anyway. Like yeah. it was it was a stack thing. It was in Burlington. Uh, there was a bunch of people, and uh, it was fun. But it was that was not how I wanted to. Like it, I'd almost like to do it one more time, yeah. 
Yeah. Just to just to have a better one because like even as big as I am, like I guarantee you, I pull off a shooting star press. That's like dumb. like like swear hand a hand a PlayStation swear yeah, dude. swear. Um, it hurt. It it hurt like hell. Yeah. But it, it'd be worth it. Yeah, man. There, dude, there's a lot of big guys, like, 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 like real big guys that are very super athletic. Like, um, uh, my buddy Mosi, uh, um, he, he's a big old black dude. And he, and he, he could flip, he could twirl, he could all that shit, man. Like some people are just able to do that regardless of the weight, regardless of whatever's going on. They well, can do, they're just athletic yeah. that way. And well, and that was years ago and that was before college and depression and yingling, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which will which will fuck up anybody's statue, but it uh, like, like I had more fun with a group of guys backyard uh, doing this thing that we called TACW, and we had mm-hmm. a bunch of fun, um, and it, we were stupid. I mean, we had we had trunks. We I mean, like, and it was. Uh, I'm gonna break kayfabe. Oh God, um, <laughs> it's it's already been busted wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's just you know, never a magician never reveals his secrets. Yeah, man. And the correct answer for that is for the right amount of money, he'll reveal all of his secrets. All, every single one, one of them. them. Yep. It's called the blade. The blade is what ruined it. But yeah. to be fair, before the blade, most people thought it was catching. For real. Yeah. For real. I, I put when I was in high school, we were talking about our backyard feds. I put. Uh, during the middle of a match, the guy didn't know that I was wrestling. I was going to surprise him. And I, like, squirted a bunch of fake blood in my mouth. And then he, like, had me up. We went outside the ring, or the trampoline ring. And he, like, had my back up against the, 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 the side of it. And he was, like, you know, give me shoulders in, in, my, in my gut. And, uh, and on the third one, I just spit out all this fucking Big blood. fake blood. Oh, and and he, flew, he freaked out because I spit out Woo! all over the back of his head and his back. He's like, what the fuck was that? You know? And I was like, I, I played it off, dude. Like I was all, and he was like, stop it. Donnie, his brother. Donnie, stop. Stop the tape. He's like, oh, he was so good, man. And then I just, yeah, he was so mad at me when I. We, uh, we, yeah. the, the, the funniest one that we did, we thought we, we could be slick. So the guys that I did this with, they had built this, uh, life-size dummy that was good for doing moves on. And we, they weighted it. They made it heavy. So it was, it was good to know how to like try to sling around somebody. And it kind of made you, cause like we, that's when we taught, it was guys that like, I knew a little bit cause I wrestled in high school and I was a decent wrestler in high school. Yeah. Um, so I had good mat fundamentals, but like, you know, I just, I could cut a flip and I could cut a cartwheel. So, you know, it was. I, I was into, you know, turning flips off of shit and, like, getting as high in the air as I could. And I could, so standing flat on a, on a, on a padded, like, non-bouncy trampoline, like a matted trampoline, standing flat, I could flat foot drop kick somebody who was 6'6 in the chin. Damn. Standing flat. Like, yeah. and I'm talking, I, I pulled my knees to my chest, I turned my body, and then straight to the sky. That's dumb. Which, which is, you know, a, a little bit of a feat. Yeah, that's yeah, man, that's that's some athleticism. Yeah, that, but that was uh, fucking years ago. Yeah, I feel that. I do. I think it was like seventeen, eighteen. Like we were doing stuff like that. Maybe younger. Um, but we uh we had that thing, and we decided we were gonna cut this video promo to roll on our little projector reel and shit, and uh fucking. (laughs) So we had, we had our buddy uh we had our buddy uh Brandon, uh go to the top and uh, dressed in a hoodie like he was on the house, and then. There's a hard camera cut, and then the dummy dressed in the same clothes falls oh, off the house. That is amazing. And then there's another hard camera cut, and it's Brandon getting above the ground like TSW Extreme. Oh, that's hilarious. And uh, we thought we had we thought we were Martin Scorsese, and I remember showing that to somebody, and they were like, "We, we you didn't put hair on it. We know it's not him. <laughs> we're just 
<laughs> you're like, but that's part. That's the thing about it. Yeah, it's like, silly. Yeah, that's it's supposed, funny. It's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be more funny than anything. But we have fun, man. We used to. That's cool. A dude, it was in the it was in the back lot of a house. We had a fence. Uh, we once somebody threw somebody over the fence in the alley into the dumpster, which was right behind a food line. Like they went over the fence, and like when they hit the dumpster, the lid closed. And that was it. You couldn't write like that. That was just perfect. Oh. That's perfect. There was there was a ladder leaned up on the fence. There, there was a ladder leaned up on the fence that was a, that was a, served as a, a as a high flying mat. Uh, we had bats, chairs, signs. Uh, we would we would paint thick pieces of styrofoam to look like metal. I mean, we would and like we do. We had a, we had built it. We had built it. One of our guys was so strong that he could just you know like crack metal over people's heads. And we would take like metallic spray paints like kind of square out these little pieces of styrofoam and like he'd hit people with them and like it would look good but like it took us six months to figure out that he had to do this on the opposite side of the ring where nobody could see it because when you split the styrofoam it was inevitably white um, <laughs> yeah it's like whoa that's uh yeah holy shit yeah that's visible that's uh, visible. <laughs> uh we had a we had a car trunk uh, there were some light bulbs involved um only time in my life i've ever seen somebody use a weed whacker in wrestling I'd, <coughs> yeah, that's a first for me. I've yeah. never heard of that. Weed whacker uh, to, to someone's face. Damn, dude. And we were. We, I remember. I remember having the conversation about how we were going to make this work. And like at one point, somebody was just like the 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 person who was going to take it was like, "I'll just close my eyes." That's was, funny. That's and I remember we all looked and went, <laughs> "No." <laughs> Like, this will cut through small branches on the ground. What do you think it's going to do to your skin on your face? Oh, man. I think we ended up, I think we ended up putting, like, ribbon in it. You know, something that, I think something that, like, and it actually left, like, little red slaps across the face, so it looked cool. Yeah. But, like, it, we, we, like, there was nothing, like, we wouldn't even put shoestrings in it, you know, like. Fuck, dude, that would just, yeah. I feel like, I feel like ribbons, like, yeah, but the only thing that's not going to ruin you, you know. Because anything going that fast is gonna fucking yeah. skin, you know. Um, but yeah, we we had fun, um, and it That's was cool. it was fun. I would I would like to one more time just like like I know where our rings at. Yeah. Just, just one more time, I like just get a bunch of people and go have fun one time. Like I would honestly like to. So I did this thing called a wrestling Mer show with Dusty Cagle. I believe you've met Dusty yeah. since you've been down here, and uh, he puts on these uh, cool shows like wrestling Mer shows and like Halloween shows and stuff like that from time to time. But I would like to throw a wrestling Mer show where we all do characters, and I think it'd be cool. Like for everybody who was down, yeah. like we don't make everybody do it, but like I'm willing to take a bump. You know, and yeah. for everybody who was down to take a bump, like, you know, hit a stunner or a rock bottom. A yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, I'd almost take a, a I'd at least take a, a cookie sheet shot, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I would do? I would be the giver. <laughs> I would be the givey. I could, I would, I would dish it out, you know. To, for me to take a bump, I mean, so throughout the years, like, when you first start wrestling, your body goes through your first few bumps. Your body goes through a breakdown process, and then it starts to like callous itself back up, you know. And and so then your body gets to the point to where the bumps don't hurt as much anymore. But you're also working out a lot. You're uh, you're making your 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 back strong, your core strong, your neck strong, and so your body can take all those bumps all the time. But what you don't realize is your body is accumulating this long-term thing that's going to later on in life it's going to it's going to be rough on you but because you're young and you're in shape and your body can take it and absorb it you're good so what happened was uh, uh 
I quit wrestling, right? And I gained like a hundred pounds over a decade and I never, I don't work out. I mean, I just started back working out again, but like I don't, I hadn't worked out anymore uh, for a long time. And so my body went through this like, oh, before when you were in shape and, and all that stuff, all that damage you've done to your body over the 10 years, we could handle it. But now we can't because your, your, your back is no longer, has no muscle, you're, you're not, you know, and you're gaining all this weight. So for me to take a bump now, I said, I said all of that to let you know, I don't think I could take a bump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and um, like it would need like, so when we had the rest of our show, I, the first words out of my mouth to Dusty were, and because uh, I know the owner of the place, um, and I was like, do you think they'd be mad if we gimmicked a table and I went through a table? Dude, and the tough. first words out of Dusty's mouth were, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then like, he made phone calls and talked to people. He was like, Maybe next time. Yeah, like, like maybe, yeah. maybe next year round. And uh, there, there weren't a whole lot of people there, so I'm glad we didn't do it. My full plan was to... Uh, to and so, kids, for those of you who don't know, um, here's how you gimmick a table. Um, you go to a hardware store, and they have metal table legs. You buy two of those. It's about $15 for the pair. Um, then you go get two sheets of plywood, and you have them cut down to a six-foot by three-foot section um, for each of them. And then you stack two of them on top of each other. You would glue them with each other. You clamp it to each other. You don't use screws when you put the two pieces of wood together. Do not do that. Because then the only screws you want in there are on the bottom piece of wood where the feet are. Yep. And there's a reason why when you put somebody through a table, the part that always takes the impact is the middle of the table in between the legs because that's where the give is. Okay. So, uh, when you gimmick a table, so you, you cut that out, you glue the two pieces together. <coughs> After you glue the two pieces together, you take uh, some brown spray paint, spray paint in the top, and then you get a darker brown spray paint, and you go around the rim, and that's what makes it look like a table. Mm-hmm. And you always leave the rough wood side facing down, the smooth wood on top, because yeah. you don't want any of the rough wood stuff in you. Yeah. Um, and that's how you make a table. That's dope. That's dope. You know, uh, we would do that. And well, certain promotions would do that, and then, uh, and then the, another way we would do is buy an actual table, and you just take that that metal strip on the bottom out, and then it's still hard to get through the table, but it's not. But it's a satisfying break. It's a satisfying break. Yeah, I've I've been through two actual fold out tables. That's just two <laughs> real ones, um, in rapid succession. Like they were on top of each other. Yeah, and uh, it was it was worth every minute of it. Damn. But I remember distinctly being like, oh, uh, damn. I remember the first time somebody threw me through a sheet of plywood because I was like, well, this will be just. I was like thirteen. Yeah, and we had it set up on our caddy wampus on yeah. a on a on a on a fucking fence post. I was like, this will be fine, and not taking into account that it was this hard piece of wood that I was about to fly through on the softest parts of my body, full of splinters, and oh yeah, it was leaning on a fence post. <laughs> Damn. Oh. Oh. Yeah, either way, either either the plywood's going to hurt because it doesn't break very well, or it breaks too well and you hit the post, or you hit the pole. And that, that's... The other one's gonna be it's rough. We can make a trash can one time with like the uh the disposable baked pans. Yeah. Like we cut oh, a yeah. bunch of them up and fucking like and it dude, it was the most satisfying hit I've ever mm-hmm. seen. But I remember watching it and I was like, nobody's gonna believe that's a trash can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we used to use my mom had these like uh these baking sheets that that we hadn't used in a long time because they were old or whatever. And I didn't even ask her. I just fucking took them, you know, and we we used them and, and uh those are satisfying, dude. 
I mean, and, and you knew what it was. It was a baking sheet, but it's, it was whap. It was like a slap. The coolest thing that I remember us had when we were doing the trampoline shit is somebody had found this thin piece of, like, sign metal for, like, a, like, a, like an indoor metal sign, like the Coke sign I've got hanging up at the kitchen mm. over there. But it was, like, just the middle of it. So it had no ribs on it. It was, like, a clean-cut piece from the middle. So we took pliers, and we rolled the edges in on all of it and smoothed them out. And it was about yay big. Whoa. But the sound it made, and like the cool thing was, is we would dent it. Then we could take like a rolling pin or something round after the match, fucking roll it out flat. And because we didn't, I mean, like none of us could afford to go get shit all the time, right? Yeah. So we could roll it out flat and then like just put a coat of white paint on it and look like a new sign. Yeah. You know, and we'd yep. write stuff on it and everything. But like it was the sound, because it, 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 it crumpled yeah. when you hit somebody yep. with it. So the sound it made was sickening. And I don't think it ever cut anybody. It was awesome. That's so funny. We, That's uh, cool, man. That's cool. Did you, ever, did you ever get to play with any barbed wire? Ne- never did barbed wire. You know, um, I actually didn't do any hardcore wrestling. Um, I, I, I had a love for it. Um, I, think, I think if I did anything hardcore, it was when I was in high school. You know what I mean? But when, yeah. I, when I got into the business, see if I, I was it was when you when you're dealing with like dudes who are six foot six and are jacked at three oh five and you're like, Wait, you're gonna hit me with that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not big too, but like, come on, dude, we're gonna do this? I, I wasn't I, uh, <laughs> I didn't like that. I, I think it was uh, it that what drew it to me was the the I, I thought it made it I was a huge ECW fan and uh me a, too. Sabu. Fuck like, dude. Homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, you know, just Sabu. Uh, and his granddad, the, or his uncle, the original Sheik. Um, yeah. Like, just Sabu, just that. Sabu and RVD, I could watch all day. They're revolutionary to, to, to a certain style of pro wrestling, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, dude, Sabu's great. They, uh, it's, I never, there's not, I am, I've seen that dude, like, it's far from you to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, it was at a thing, and, like, it was, it was like, $20 to get an autograph. And, like, I handed him a thing, and I couldn't say a fucking I was terrified of that, man. So, but I was, like, I was in so much shock and awe, but he's just, like, he just, even when he's smiling, he looks so mean. Yeah, man. I've, I've said hi to him a couple times. He seemed, he's a really nice guy, but you can tell, like, he's a different human being. Yeah. You know? And, and like, uh, <laughs> when I was, like, 20... Uh, I had a my buddy, a buddy of mine was did a show with him and he came back. I was still living in California, and and this guy did a show with him and came back and he goes, he goes, dude, Sabu gave me these like, these pills and they 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 were they were uh, pink. They're little pink little, little capsules, and he's all, he goes, they're called THC pills. This is in like two thousand and fucking four, mm-hmm. you know. And, Ooh. And 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 I go I go. Sabu gave this to you? And he's like, yeah. Ever since she started smoking pot, she kind of just lays there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've said that as I had smoke coming out of my mouth. Man. It, it <laughs> now was... we look back on that show, we're like, hell yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> that shit, like, I tell you what, um, that was, th- th- those things were crazy because I had never even eaten brownies at that point. Or anything like that, or, or you know, back in the day, even <laughs> edible was brownies, you know. Yeah, that's well, that's what it was. That's what you nobody nobody ever thought like <laughs> gummies. I remember cookies one time. Cookies threw me for a loop. Yep. Because I was me like, too. how much did you? How much is in each cookie? And they're like, like in brownies, if you put an eighth in the pan, you could kind of like smooth it out in the pan, and you could judge. Hey, there's about this much in each brownie. Yep. But like cookies, 
What? Nope. I remember taking two cookies on two different days, and it was a guy who sold me two cookies for ten dollars. And this will this will say, children, marijuana is 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 another part of capitalism. It has no, there's no ceiling, like uh, to it. There's no there's no ceiling for the inflation. Inflation continues to rise. Yeah. On pot. Um, well, I think maybe we're looking to level out here soon. But you know, who knows? Who's to say? Amazing. Who's to say? But like it, like ten dollars. And the first cookie I took the first day, he's like, just eat one. And I remember I was like, this cookie is bullshit. And I even waited an hour, and then I felt yeah. it, and I was like, oh. But it wasn't like, I, I, I just as high as I would have got if I'd have done a couple bong rips, and I would have got more gratification. <laughs> the next day, I take the other cookie. And I think all the weed from that entire batch of cookies. He said they made 12. I'm pretty <laughs> sure all 12 of those cookies where the weed was in this one cookie. Cause like, Damn. there's only a few times in life where I can think of an edible <coughs> smacking me in less than an hour. Damn. And this one hit me in about 22 minutes, and like it, it smacked and like it just went off rip. Like it never, there was no build up. Like it wasn't a roller coaster. Like I didn't get to feel myself go up. Like I was there, and then I was gone. Oh, dude. I was 20. Yeah, back in the day, yeah, back in the day, man, you you ate an edible. You didn't know, you had no clue what yeah, was going to no. happen. Which is, you know, that, that's why there's so many like horror stories from back in the day because nobody knew how much they were taking. So, well, THC poisoning is a real thing. Like that's doable. It's the effects of it. It's it's like alcohol poisoning, but with THC, and all it really does is just makes you sick. Yeah. But you don't have like you throw up and then you're fine. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Unless you take an ungodly amount, and then sometimes like the throwing up because your body's so like high, you'll your throat won't work right, so you you fuck up your diaphragm when you throw up. Sometimes. Yeah, I, I guess I just wouldn't be laying like down on my back or anything and fall asleep like that. If I get stuck like that, my body just starts like because I hear that's how people like end up choking on. That's how that's how Jimmy Hendrix died. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy. That's, yeah. Of course, that, that is a more common with alcohol, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I took two cookies back in the day. Two. And now that I, now that we know, like, the, the, the dosage that we can get and, like, what, how much that affects you. Now I'll tell or you. Or how much is an effective dose on a human. Exactly, yeah. Now I could, I could look, I look back and I go, it was probably about 250 to 300. Right? But I had. Again, I hadn't had much experience with edibles at that point because even in most of my 20s, no edibles, all just, just smoking, you know what I mean? That's it. And so it wasn't until like 2012 when I was like, oh, wow, people are making edibles out of this and that. And then it kind of caught on. So all your, all your <coughs> fr- we, friends that you smoke weed with were like, oh, dude, I, re- I saw a YouTube video. And they were like, you can make this and that. So it kind of started catching on, but we still didn't know dosages. So my buddy gave me these two cookies. I paid like 10, probably 10 bucks for it. And um, uh, I ate both of them. And I sat down and watched the movie Tusk. Oh my God. And. Oh my God. And oh. I am still traumatized. And I, that movie is fucked. It's dude. so it's, fucked up. It's good, but it's fucked up. Like. <laughs> And that movie was like, oh my god! And I, yeah, and I wasn't, I wasn't Ooh. prepared for not only the movie that I was about but to watch, but but like, yeah, and yeah. and my fucking, I was so oh fucked up. God. I was, I was 
freaking out. I was, but I watched the whole thing because you know. Oh yeah, no. I, I was, yeah, we watched it, it with each other, dear. I thought I watched it by myself. No, we definitely oh, watched okay. it. With, I watched Justin Long get turned into a wolf. Yeah. Dude. Uh, if y'all haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. Like, if you like a good Kevin Smith is movie. God. Kevin Smith is amazing, but you know it's funny. I'm the biggest Kevin Smith fan. Well, not the biggest, but I'm I'm I grew up in the Askew universe back in the nineties. He's, right? like he's my favorite director. And and so, uh, but Tusk, maybe it was because of how I was introduced to it. That was rough for me, and I can I, I'll never go watch. I'll never watch it again. I'll never yeah, watch no. that fucking movie. Again. <laughs> I've seen it twice. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, what's your favorite viewers universe? <coughs> Honestly, Mallrats. Yo, that's a really good answer. That's that's. It's, it, it, I think back in the day, that was the popular answer. My, mine that's is my that's my favorite one. Mine is probably one of the most obscured and like grunt, grunted at answers. What's yours? Chasing Amy. I like Chasing Amy. You know what? That took like four or five watches for me to like really get like really like. I had to really. Soak in the characters, man. Uh, so, Chasing Amy not only made me a fan of Kevin Smith, but it made me a fan of Silent Bob, because it was the first time <coughs> I'd ever seen Silent Bob, and just, he talks, he only gives one speech in that movie about Amy. Yep. And, like, in he looks diner. at Jay, and he goes, I'm not attached to you with the hip, you're not my fucking, you know, yeah. whatever, boy, did you know I used to want to be a pal? <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking, yeah. Dude, Jay and Silent Bob growing up with my... They were my everything. Me and my buddy Brandon in high school on character day every year were Jay and Silent Bob. That's dope. And I was Silent Bob. And uh, my teachers loved it because I didn't break character all day. That's so cool. But, no, and it, we'd make it to lunch every time we'd make it to lunch. And uh, so we we intentionally, we literally intentionally cut class for someone to cell phone record us doing a pun. And uh, it was some a teacher saw us and was like, hey, what are you guys doing? And like Brandon not missing a beat went, flee, fat ass, flee. <laughs> Dude. My brother and sister in law were for Halloween. There were Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that's so cool. And, like, it actually didn't look too far off, is the funny thing. We, uh, we, would, we would wear the stuff out in public and we would go to gas stations and just for shits and giggles, like, we'd go start leaning on the front of the gas station. And then Brandon would look down at me and be like, it's not the same. <laughs> I remember this one, this one dude, uh, one time we were at a gas station, we were doing that. And he was like, they look like old dude and Silent Man. We're like. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. The only thing we never got to do that I would love to do with Brandon one time before I die. Beezer, if you hear this, I'd love to do this with you. Um, just one time before we die, I'd love to be Blunt Man and Chronic. Oh, dude. I had Blunt Man and Chronic uh, posters. Uh, so I was, in, I was a band kid growing up. And I, I was in the drum line. Yeah, respect. And uh, played clarinet, dude. Dope. I played clarinet uh, early on. Yeah, yeah, clarinet was my f- was my first woodwind. That's cool. And, and uh, I've I've played all of them. Yeah. Ever since seventh grade, I was a percussionist. But in, in elementary school, I started with clarinet. and I played that for a while, and I I still have my clarinet it's stuck in storage. Uh, but um, yeah, man. Um, I had uh, my where I kept my snare drum for marching band. Uh, it was in this huge cabinet. And when you open the door, I had posters of Blunt Man and Chronic in there. This is like 2000, year 2000, 2001. I'll have to dig them out of my closet, but somewhere in there, if you've never got to read them in person, I have the Blunt Man and Chronic comics. Like the oh, actual, that's so cool. The, 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 the real ones, like with like Dickhead and Cockknocker. And, that's so cool. Yeah. My brother, uh, he got to go to, uh, I took him to uh, 
their secret stash in in uh, California. Secret stash in California. Secret stash in Red Bank. Well, they don't have the one in California anymore. They closed it, but back in the back in like the early two thousands, they had a, a location there. Um, and so it was cool because my brother, he's my brother is uh, thirty three, so he's like a year older than you are, but he. Uh, uh, he was a big fan of the, of the Kevin Smith movies too, um, and uh, it was really cool for for him I to get to go. Church, I know you don't mean to do it, but I'm gonna tell you. But yeah, it was a cool store. Uh, I, yeah, I just love I just love this shit, man. All of all of it except Tusk. I, I respect Tusk because that movie made me feel a certain way, like like uncomfortableness that I I didn't know I could feel. You know what I'm saying? Like it's creative. Let, let's it's be real. yeah, as I'm saying, like I respect it, but uh. Who would have fucking thought of that? <laughs> For real. Like, that was insane. I love Red State. Yo, Red State. Did you ever... Do you know there's another ending to Red State? No. So, uh, it, it's an alternate ending that was released online, and it was the way Kevin originally wrote it. And it's like, when they go outside, like, they get out. But when they get out, they look outside, and they see this figure standing on the hill, and it goes, shh. And then it climbs on top of a horse... And these other four horses appear beside it, and they ride across the sky, and the sky rips open, and they're bringing about the apocalypse. It's the four horsemen oh, of the apocalypse. Oh, shit. So he was, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I, dude, I wish, did they film that? I don't think they ever filmed it, but I, I read it. Like, I definitely Man. read it, and it was... That's insane, dude. That's cool, though. I mean, Kevin Smith, for him to go from his 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 universe, the Askew Universe movies... To this like other style that he he explored, man, it just shows that he's well, like Red State, Gone Girl, uh, 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 um, Jersey Girl, Jersey Jersey Girl, yeah. I liked Jersey Girl. It people didn't like that movie. I liked it. I don't know why it was so bad. Um, you know, um, I, I, I was. I mean, I may have, may have watched it now. I, I would see why it was sucked. You know, it came out when I was twenty, so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, but. Jersey Girl was a uh, what else that's not direct? Zach and Mary. Dude, what a great movie, man! That that movie, uh, uh, I got stuck on. It came out in like what two thousand nine or ten, and I bought it, and it was like I, my wife and I were, were dating at the time, and uh, we just watched it over and over. You know, we loved that on a little laptop. <laughs> that was a uh, Zach and Mary is a good movie. Yeah, um, dude. So I told you Mallrats is my favorite ski universe, but um, a close contender, a real close contender, is Dogma. Dude, Dogma, fucking Dogma. Dogma, and it sucks you can't find it anywhere because it can't not digital because Harvey Weinstein won't won't give it up, and uh, unfortunately, uh, and so, yeah, uh, it, what a great movie, man. I had it on VHS as a kid, but I've got it on DVD somewhere. You can find it on like Amazon, but it's like eighty bucks or something like that. You know, like someone's selling it. You know, from a DVD. I think like, I bought my copy at McKay's for like five dollars, which is like a used DVD. Yeah, video game that's dope to find that there. Fuck yeah. yeah! It's a used bookstore too. I need to go hit them up. They've got like good used manga for like a dollar a volume. Dude. Uh, yeah, McKay's. Uh, you find it. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of Bill Cosby records in McKay's right now, yeah. which is stupid to leave them there because like it like. Dude, I've seen a first edition original pressing of himself there. Like, I understand the man's a monster, but that's that's a piece of history. Mm. Yeah, it, yeah. He deserves to fucking burn. 
but the what 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 the company created throughout the years. Maybe, maybe Berg's a little harsh. I don't know, but like when it came to those kind of allegations, this wasn't as there was a lot of them, but like it wasn't as bad as the most of them. I mean, I when I I mean just like you know put him in a jail cell. Yeah, I mean like I mean like he's he's gonna die soon anyway. Yeah, he's yeah, fucking that yeah that piece of shit. Uh, but he, but you know what? The whole industry was like that for many years. He's he's not the only piece of yeah. shit. Like there's a lot of them. There's a lot of those guys out there, and that's that's a bummer. Yeah, it is. It is. But like I I still like I, I still respect the man's stand up. I, I think he was he was a great writer. Who? Bit Cosby. Oh Cosby, yeah. I my, my my brain all of a sudden switched back to Harvey Weinstein. I was like, oh wait, shit. Uh, uh, which one were we talking about? No, again? Cosby, Cosby. No, no, no Weinstein. I, I, I stand by all that what I said for sure. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, yeah. Yeah, okay, Weinstein. Sure. Weinstein's a thousand times worse. Yeah. yeah. Weinstein. Weinstein's a thousand. Yeah, Weinstein can die. Uh, like Weinstein was terrible, but like, yeah, Bill. Well, like Bill just. It, it's more shocking about Bill because like who he was. Yeah. Not. Not. So now that I know you're talking about Bill, uh, I thought it was Weinstein. Because uh, my brain switched off. I was like, I don't think we're talking about him. So, Bill, dude, I love Bill Cosby. I watched Bill's shit all the time as a kid, right? Like, Bill Cosby as himself, dude. Yeah. That shit made me like stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know. Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> what was that sh- oh, man. Goodbye, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pl- we watched that in my in my speech class as well growing up, too. I was like, yeah, this teacher's cool. He likes Bill Cosby. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's crazy. Oh, Bill. Yeah. B- Bill Cosby, um, yeah, what, what, a, what a motherfucker. What a motherfucker. <laughs> but, but really, Bill, just Bill. Comparatively, you know, the, the, the thing is, like, I'm I'm saying comparatively for the clicks. I'm hoping that soundbite gets sampled. Oh, uh, that's and, awesome! But yeah, yeah. You know, B- B- Bill Bill let everybody down, man. You know, and uh, obviously the people he did things with too. But it's like he was this this thing for so. He was long. America's dad. Yeah, dude, for so long. And growing up, you know, I mean, I grew up. I was born in '84, so by the time I was six, it was '90. So I can, I can remember like fourish, fiveish, six. You know what I mean? So I can. I remember when certain things were really, really big, and uh, yeah, it was just like. Uh, well, by the time I can remember, Cosby Show was still in syndication. Like I got Nick at Night, baby. Yeah. Like it was, just, like, it was that and George Lopez. Man. Fucking uh. But you know, we did get the fact out of it is now anybody that does a half-ass Cosby impression anymore will be like, "Well, you take the quaalude and you put it in the pudding pop and ah, go to sleep." <laughs> zap zap zoom yeah I love watching Bill tell you know who does a fantastic Bill Cosby impression who? that it's shocking that does a fantastic Bill Cosby impression Jimmy Fallon really Jimmy Fallon I, I bet Jimmy Fallon's good at impressions just in general I feel like he's probably so Jimmy Jimmy Fallon did uh, did Chris Rock one time in full blackface on SNL oh shit I'm so serious Oh shit! But nobody talks about that one. You know why? Because it's funny. Like it was, it was actually funny because he. It's the fact that he was doing it and doing an impersonation. Wow! Like it was, 
gnarly. It was insane. I loved it. Let me see. Nobody cares about Billie Eilish. Right. I shouldn't say that, but she's. I'm sure she's a fantastic artist. She's just not my company. And I know she dealt with a bunch of stuff being a young artist. So, I, I don't mean that, but like, it just it's, it doesn't pertain to me. Oh, where's the clip of just doing it? Yeah. that clip like four years ago while I was trying to look up you know like I can't remember what what brought me to the 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 dump I went on but I ran across that and I lost my mind I was like why is Jimmy Fallon so good at being Bill Cosby because like I like I I used to think like I I can do voices but I can't do a lot of people's voices but I can do a bunch of different funny voices I'd like to like eventually you know maybe I can be on a cartoon you know and do some stuff because I'm such a big nerd and anime fan um however i would like to do this uh hang out for a second ladies and gentlemen we're going to play an ad because we got to pay the bills and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk some comedy with jeremy hang on everybody this episode of the sidewalk crew has been brought to you by lucky 13 tattoo aftercare hey guys uh tony here and uh it's no secret i've got a couple tattoos and uh, i like to make sure those tattoos stay looking good and one of the coolest ways that i find to keep my tattoos looking good is lucky 13 um found out about lucky 13 a while ago and uh i just i think it's a great product you know they've got a tattoo balm they've got it in a tube they've got it in a tin and they've got a cleanser and healing ointment um cleanser's the best on a fresh tattoos and the balm you can use from a brand new tattoo to a tattoo that you've had for years look a lot of my tattoos i've had since i was 18 years old that's 12 13 years ago now and uh with lucky 13 those tattoos look just as pristine as the day that they got put on and, uh, you know, all natural ingredients with Lucky 13. Uh, things like aloe vera, avocado oil, beeswax, coconut extract. Like, just stuff that's good for your skin. And anything that's good to put on your skin and goes in your skin can also help nourish it better. Uh, Lucky 13 even has a fact test about how it works, how to use it, and what product would be best for you. Uh, they've been talked about on NBC, USA Today, CBS, and Fox. It's just a fantastic product with thousands of great reviews and the fact that they donate to the Impact Melanoma Organization to help educate people of the importance of skin cancer prevention and early detection awareness. It's an all-around great company. When I feel like taking care of my tattoos, I definitely make sure that I hit up Lucky13 at protectyourink.com. 
protectyourink.com. And if you use the code thatcomictony, that's T-H-A-T-C-O-M-I-C-T-O-N-Y, you can get 25% off your order. That's right. Listeners of this show that use the code thatcomictony at checkout can get 25% off their order. I think that's pretty badass of Lucky 13. So let's support a company that does a lot to help prevent skin cancer around the world and that keeps our tattoos looking great. Lucky 13 Tattoo at protectyourink.com. So, where, where does, because like, I went through a lot of weird careers. Like, it was like, uh, like jumping, jumping, off of, jumping off of stuff onto people or putting people through stuff <laughs> was, like, that was a hobby. Yeah. Um, and like, but I made uh, cars a career for a long time, but I, I, I worked in nightclubs and strip clubs and stuff for a long time. You know, doing door guy stuff and money stuff and security stuff and fucking. Uh, so it's uh, I've, I've I've cooked at a couple places, you know. I've uh, I've, I've put up fence. Uh, I've I've helped finish some homes. I've done drywall work with people before. I've I've built server towers. I've worked on computers. Damn. You know, I just just stuff. I just had to do stuff. And I think I finally settled on like you know comedy. As a thing I'm doing, but it, it was a big progression, and like I never got to do the a lot of the major performance stuff, wrestling or anything else except for like maybe playing music for a little while, and then comedy. <coughs> but it was just a it was literally a course of random events throughout my life that led me to that point. So like what what where was when did the ring stop and what was it between the ring and comedy that made you think comedy or were you thinking comedy comedy previously were you struck by lightning yeah yeah yeah, you know it's I would say two and a half years into wrestling I I realized I wasn't I was really good for five minutes and then I was blown up and if you wanted me to do a 10-15 minute it was really it was really tough for me even in my best shape like I just wasn't I'm not a very good athlete and uh, um, that's okay I did I did I was really passionate so it worked but I realized that I had more fun because I always was like not like nervous to where I was like I wanted to do good I was like I always felt like I'm here but I I feel I was scared a lot you know especially in the beginning the beginning and I, I remember realizing I was a better like I think I have people, not that they didn't want to work with me, you know, in the ring, but they definitely liked me more outside of the ring, like with the hang, like with, with like, you know, when we would go out to the bars afterwards or we would go hang before or go to the gym. I was always there cause I was, they, you know, I was just around and, and I was really good at that. And I was like, um, no. it's so like age 21. I was like, Oh man, I, maybe I should have been, been like, a, like in the, comedy or into something like that I've always loved stand up but I was always intimidated by it because I thought you had to be like super smart you know no and, god no but, but, but and by smart I mean I mean book smart from school and I was not good at school so you know what I mean like I feel like I'm a smart guy but like I wasn't I was horrible at school and so and so I was always like okay that's not even a thing I could even even go for because I thought you had to be like super smart because I grew up on my first comic was uh, I mean Bill Cosby I thought he was fucking like, how do you come up with this stuff? And then even though there's stories, I didn't, you know, I was like, wow, and Carlin. Yeah. You know what I mean? All these guys, I thought you had to be like super like, I just didn't have, I didn't have that confidence. You know? Right. But yeah, yeah. And so, 
but I, I, I knew at age 21 I wanted to do comedy, but I'd already picked wrestling, and um, I'm very uh, loyal to my decisions, and, and I'll see it through, because I, I, I do have love and passion for it, you know? And, but so I, I, I always say that I was like, so far, if, if wrestling was the ocean, I had dove so far down that I didn't know which way was up, left, right, or down. It was just so deep into it. I, there was no getting out of it, you know? That was my, I, I'd chosen, that's who I am gonna be, you know, I've had, so anyways, uh, uh, but then like it crumbling and then going you know, down and I was like, all right, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I, I, it took me like four years from like 2012 to 2016, that's when I started comedy. It took me four years to get up the fucking nerve and the balls and the writing these stories and stuff. And it took me a while to get on stage. And uh, so I was, um, throughout wrestling I had a lot of jobs, uh, little odd jobs, you know, just like you, you named off a whole bunch, man. I've, I've had so many of those, you know, yeah. um, I feel you. And, and, and but, but, but as far as like the, the, the careers and stuff, yeah, the wrestling, and then I, I worked for, uh, I, was, I was an Apple tech for this, this last decade, uh, from 2012 to now. Um, I, I worked at a, it was a vendor, so it wasn't directly from Apple, but we were Apple tech advisors. And uh, we had to say we were Apple, all that stuff. And um, so I was, I was on the phones helping people with their Apple, Apple tech issues, and then I was a trainer for the last seven years, uh, training the people to do the job to fix your stuff, you know, and that's what I did. Uh, but I started comedy in 2016, so I still had my job, my day job, and all that kind of stuff. And um, but yeah, man, comedy has always been a thing I've wanted to do. It's it's uh, I realize now it's like it's you know re wrestling was kind of like a it was it was the dream of of a kid. You know what I mean? It's a kid's dream. Not that that's, that's, I don't mean to demean it or anything, but like I had to fulfill that. That wasn't going to be the thing apparently that I was going to do the rest of my life. But I had to do that. But if I, was, if I was a comic at 18, I wouldn't have had anything to talk about. I grew up very sheltered in Boise, Idaho in the 90s. There was not much like outside of that, of that space that I lived ever, you know? And so when I, when I, when I, I left, I graduated at 17 turned 18 in that August and then moved right to Orange County, you know, went to wrestling school. So like my mind was blown and like opened up and I got to have these crazy experiences, man. Like one day we should sit down and we'll have, we'll talk about like just crazy shit that happened while wrestling or while you were doing your shit. Like I know we've got some, yeah, some stuff. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, so st stuff I can't talk about on the air because of statues of limitations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got a bunch of those, man. Oh man. So, but yeah, it's like, it's like I had to go through all that to gain some sort of like perspective and, 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 you know, knowledge of, of, of the world that I've lived in and, and experienced and all these types of things to be able to have something to give out on the stage. So, you know, I, I think it all worked out. I started, at I started comedy at 31. I started going to open mics at, uh. Uh, in Boise, Idaho, that's where I started. Uh, there's there's open mic on a Monday. I went, did a little joke, got off stage. Someone said outside they were smoking a blunt, and they're like, I started smoking with them, and they're like, Oh, uh, uh, are you gonna go tomorrow at the Crescent Brewery? And I was like, Uh, like I was just gonna go like 
every Monday for a little while. You know what I mean? And they're like, and they're like, no, you should totally come, you know? And it was like right by my house. And I was like, okay. And so I went and it was awesome. Uh, not my set, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Um, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was crazy. Like, but, but, but I, I it, all you need to do is get your foot in, in, into the art and then, and then you can, you can still stumble in through the door. Uh, but, but you can, you know, at least you you started. And so going both nights consecutively, I was like, okay, I'm in this. Cause it took me back to like the first couple of times when you sign up for that, when I signed up for the school and then I went to a couple of classes and it was hard, it was painful and all this stuff, but you kept coming back and then all of a sudden your brain switches and you go, Oh, now I'm grinding. Now I'm in it fucking like a minute, you know? So it took those two nights in a row to be like, Okay, and then I went on the Wednesday one, and then there was a Thursday one. I went there, and then I just I just did it four or five times a week for the last. Well, I did it for the first uh, four years, and then the pandemic hit, and then and then uh, I I did comedy. It took I took like seven months off because everybody did. There was nothing going, you know, and and so. Uh, uh, um, but yeah, and then when, when all the stuff came back, it's back to five mics a week, all you know, every week, and so it's been it's been quite the uh, the long process as it should be, you know. But it's uh, you know you you hope that that you 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 gain some sort of talent and 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 in progress from from every you know all all that shit. <coughs> but yeah, man, and now I'm now I'm here because. Uh, you know, I wanted to move to a different uh, area. I wanted to move to an area that had a little more um, closer opportunity around it. You know, like in, in Boise, that we we have stuff that you can do, like 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 other town, like Boise and Nampa, and that Nampa is like twenty five thirty minutes away. But like other than that, you know, it's five hours to Salt Lake or four hours to Idaho City, or or you can drive, you know, I don't know, an hour and an hour and fifteen minutes and go to a mountain town and a, but like, it's not, it's, it's good for like when you first start, I think. And it's, it's really good to like, just get that in, you know, and, and all that. But, um, I needed to go somewhere that, that I felt had m more, you know, and I think anybody in Boise would say the same thing, you know, and if they're not, not saying it, they're not being honest with themselves, you know, it's a great scene, but it's, you have to go cause dude, I could go, it's, it's 11 hours to New York and 11 hours to tip of Florida or to the top of Florida. Everything in between, like, holy shit, dude, there's got to be so much going on. And so I just felt like this is a good move. Well, and you probably hit the the coolest point. Like, it was, I, I don't know if you, I think you were there the first night of the festival, weren't you? I was, yeah, the Friday. Yeah, yeah you were there the whole time with us. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I thought you were a comic on the festival. Um, <laughs> well, because everybody that I've seen, and, like, yeah. you, you got there, and you were, you were talking to, like, Comics. Uh, so I'm like, who did this guy? And I think it was, I think it was Eric that introduced me to you. Yeah, I believe it was. Yep. Uh, and uh, you told me you were moving here, and I was like, fuck yeah. And then uh, I was like, so uh, are you on the festival? And you're like, oh no, I'm just doing some mics, but I'm just here. I was like, what? <laughs> but it's, uh, I, I say it all the time on this show. I do. Uh, the scene that we have down here is magical. Um, it's, and I say all the time. I don't know what other scenes are like everywhere, but everybody that I hear from coming out of town says our scene is very unique. Mm -hmm. 
because we have something. And to be honest, you only hear about it at places like the store or the stand. But even there, I hear there's a lot of gatekeeping, and here there's not really. Yeah. We don't we don't do that. Yeah, yeah. It, you guys have been have been amazing, and and like it's so cool because I I got I got two recommendations about about uh, just the whole triad area. It's you know itself, and and uh, so that that's what made us look at, at Greensboro uh, in the first place. And so it, it, it's like it, it was so perfect. I moved here. Uh, I met I met you guys, and you guys were telling me how how like how close and how like everyone's trying to make everybody better uh, if if they're willing, you know. And that's like that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> so it was really cool, man. To just like yeah, it's, it uh, fell into place. It was perfect. If so. if you want notes, people will give them to you, and uh, you know they mean no disrespect by them, but like. Some some guys can sugarcoat it well and, you know, serve you up some notes with sugar. Yeah. Um, I've looked at people in the face and been like, what the fuck was that? Like, And not because I think I'm better than them or anything, but because I've heard them do the same joke better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, I understand trying stuff new, but, they, you know, there's sometimes you're just like, dude, I've seen you do that. What the hell are you doing? Like, that was crazy. Yeah. But on the same ground, I've also seen I've also seen people do stuff and be like, yo, fuck what they think. That was bananas. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But then I also tell people, you know, who am I to say? You know, I've only been doing it, you know, a little over three years. You know? I mean, not to toot my own horn, but yeah, I, th- I think I'm okay. Yeah. Well, you, you, know, you, you know, first of all, yeah, you're great, man. Like, I, lo- I, I love your stuff. Um, and that's, and that's, that, that's, you can tell, uh, that you work on it. Actually, everybody here, to be honest with you, anybody I've seen, uh, you can tell that they're, they're really working on it, man. And that's so cool. Well, most. M- well, yeah. 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 Most. Well, I'm, I'm new. I have to be nice to everybody. Yeah. No, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You know. Well, I mean, like there's, there's, there's a difference in, you can tell the people that are doing it because it's not just a hobby. Yes. You know? Yes. And absolutely. then there's, I feel like there's people who haven't decided whether or not it's a hobby or not yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, and that you know what's funny is that's in every scene. I now that and I notice now because of now I've been in two different, you know, it's it's uh there there's hobbyists and then there's there's people who are trying to not have a day job. Yeah, you know, and and that's and both of those are fine. Yeah, but but you got it's it's a it's a yeah you you it's a distinction for sure, and uh the the nice part is uh. Like I said, everybody just seems to kind of want to be cool and uh, and help. Like you said, give notes if you want them. Not for you. And I like that. It's it's what you need, man. Like I needed to uh, get out of that area so that I could learn how to be maybe funny here. You know, like like because that's, dude, it is so different. <laughs> it it is really different. One of the things that I've heard uh, Jenny say a lot. Um, Jenny Simpson, one of the Idiot Box Comedy Club, uh, followed through North Green Street, Greensboro, North Carolina. Respect. Shameless plugs. Shameless. Yeah. I have none. Um, she, I've heard her say, like, it's fine to have jokes about where you're from. Yeah. But, like, you can't talk about the bitch at Sal's Bakery because mm-hmm. we none of us know who she is. Now, local jokes are rough, dude. I've gone, so when I went to Roanoke, um, we, you know, Virginia made it legal. So uh, I walked up a... Uh, my my the the guy who put it on asked us what we wanted to come out to, and I was like blueberry yum yum by Ludacris. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's sitting there. He's like, oh y'all know what blueberry yum yum is? And everybody's like, woo! He's like, it's legal here. And then he uh then he goes, uh, y'all might want to make some room. And I'm sitting here like this asshole. 
Yeah. But, uh, so I came out and I was like, Roanoke, what the fuck is up? How we doing? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I was like, I had to call out of work for this. I had to get high all day before I came up here. <laughs> and then I told him, uh, I was, uh, I was threatening to stop at a rest area once I crossed the finish line, just light one up and be like, it's legal, motherfucker, say something. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but, like, I'll do stuff like that, but it's like, uh, it's don't. So there's a, there's a joke I tell, um, where uh, I, I say something, it's about an interaction that I, I won't burn that one, uh, but it involves a salad and an yeah. interaction that me and Jenny have had. But if I'm not in town, I'll say a friend of mine in the comedy scene. Oh, I've heard you, I've heard you say that joke. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. But if That's I'm in funny. town, I'd be like, Jenny told me. Uh, yeah, because they, they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You tailor it to the, yeah. yeah. Nah, I, I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah, local jokes are like, they're not, I think they're good to stretch the muscle. You know, because you're just constantly like writing and stuff. Oh yeah. But um, but yeah, it, it it is a little hard. Like I think if if I would have a joke about Idaho, it would be about just the state as a whole itself, so people know. Oh, I know what Idaho or that it's a, that it's a state. But I think it'd be funny for you to be like lived in Idaho, never had an Idaho potato. You know what's fucking funny about that dude is we didn't have Idaho potatoes as a kid. As a kid, all our potatoes came from California because our potatoes went everywhere else. At least that's what they would tell us, because 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 we would go in the end of the store and be like, "How come these all don't say they're from Idaho?" And they're like, "We don't get our own potatoes." I was like, "That's bullshit," and uh, and then and then uh, we won the Fiesta Bowl in two thousand seven uh, against Oklahoma, and we became famous. And then now we get our own potatoes, which is really weird. I just there's there's part of me that goes like, you know, the Idaho spuds, like the dehydrated flakes, like. I can just see that, like, you pick up a box of Idaho Spuds in Idaho and it says, made from California potatoes. You're just like, God damn it! For real, dude. <laughs> oh. It was, it was we- frustrating and weird. And so, yeah, that's, that's a very truthful thing I could say. That'd be that hilarious. Man. Yeah, it's, you know, I would definitely, yeah, it has to be something that everybody knows about the state of Idaho or... When you think of Idaho, you could see this would be a thing. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, man, it's it really works to do to do stuff for me anyways. What I feel is, is is to do stuff just about you personally. I mean, you can do topical stuff, which is great. Um, I'm not really that good at it. I mean, I, I I'll practice writing jokes about topical things, okay. but I've got I've got a Dahmer joke I'm doing right now. Yeah, that... dude, it's great. It's all right. I like it, man. I like it. It's 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 anything that's that's new. We all have to just keep plugging away and eventually do that thing. Is going to be, like, I guess it's it's really good. The cool thing is because it's going to be so, it's that that show is going to be such a little phenomenon because it's inevitably going to get pulled off of Netflix. Um, when it when it happens, I'll be able to keep that joke. That'll be a that'll be a, a topical joke or a, or a, 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 a on topic joke that I I'll be able to keep. Yep. Because it'll be, uh, yeah, this thing in pop culture or whatever that everybody knows about. Well, and so, like, for three years, a lot of my material was just, like, fat jokes and look how hot my wife is. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm trying to write different stuff because yep. yep. I don't want to be a one-trick pony. But on the same go-round, I'm not going to not do... Like, even when I get skinny, I'm going to do... I used to be fat jokes. Dude, like, I'm with you, man. The fat jokes... I've been, I've been writing... I've been writing I'm losing weight jokes for years. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, it's just a... It is a hard lane to get out of. You know, but they work. They work, and you're able to sell them so quickly. Yeah, yeah, man. I used to have this joke where I said my 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 body was like a portable gym. 
because I was so fat, any movement would cause me to, to sweat and lose weight. I once, uh... So why would I need to go to the gym when I could just I could go, go get the mail? I'm going to go get the mail, but then I'm going to eat 16 cheeseburgers. <laughs> but yeah, I've been doing that, that style for a while. You know, I mean, I do other things too. I talk about stories, um, which is really actually what I do mostly is I, as I, I, I like to tell stories. You know, and it's the whole, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, um, the stand-up aspect of stories. It's this happened, joke, and then this happened, joke, joke. and then this happened, joke. And then, and that joke can fly off into like another jokey jokey joke and then this, ha- you know, and then go, you know, to the next part of the story. But, um, you know, you, uh, the story part, the storytelling stuff is really hard because, um, and this is everywhere. This isn't just here. It is everywhere. You know, open mics don't give you 10, 15 minutes. You have to actually wait till you get shows and then kind of work on that ugh, on shows. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different way of it's harder. I well, think. I, I tell stories at the hang. And it's so like. That's, it, yeah, dude. That's, I feel you there. I, I think I'm one of the best hangs in, in Greensboro. Ah, uh, you, you, you're definitely my favorite. You don't have to lie to be my friend, Jeremy. It's fine. That's okay. I'm a, I'm a good liar. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm good at it, boss. But I'm good. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, dude. It's 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 um, yeah. It's it's telling stories of the hang is nice. Um, because it, it gives you a gauge on if you should work on it or not. I I kid like you. Even start to work on it. Oh yeah, I kid you not. Uh, I my goal of comedy, it's like. Uh, I see myself in a writer's room one day, for sure. Um, but, like, I still want to go get on stage. Yeah, man. But, like... Writer's room, that's what's up. I don't, I don't want to be... I ain't got to be a headliner. Yeah? Let me, let me, let me, let me feature. That's funny. But, dude, I'll be a feature forever. I'll be a small theater feature guy forever. Forever, ever. Forever. Because cause it's just, like, it's... And you know how I'll do that is by being the coolest hangs. Like, Yo, did y'all go on tour last year? Yeah, we did like a long weekend with this kid from Greensboro. Dude, you've got to take him with you. Is he funny? Pretty funny most of the time. But hanging out with him though, I'm like just like, I'm going to be the best hang on East Coast, in East Coast comedy. That's my goal. That's a man. I, I want I, people to come to Greensboro and say, Yo, why'd you come to Greensboro to do a show at the 80 Box and hang out with Tony? Why, thank you, Josh Yeah, Wolf. man. Or I, insert comic here. Yeah, dude. Thank oh. you, Coco Diaz. Yeah. I'd, I'd shit. The infamous hang, dude. I'd shit. Oh, bro. Yeah, absolutely. I, if I could hear Coco chuckle at me, I'd be like, that was funny, kid. Like a doctor. One time, I'd shoot me. <sighs> yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, that's... I would love to hang out with Joey for just... Yeah, I'm ta- I'd love to hang out with Joey if I knew all we were going to do was talk. But, yeah, that, that's what I want to do. Maybe like a... I mean, you know, Joey, I'd like to do your podcast. Uh, but... It would be no if if it was like a podcast situation. I would like I would just a, just a conversation. That's all I want. I just want to talk. Dude, about I don't it. even want to say anything. Like I just want him to talk. Yeah. I'm gonna sit there like a kid in school. Just yep. Just let him go. Oh, dude. Yeah, I would. I would love that, man. That's my idol. That is my that is my favorite fucking comedian. Uh, Joey's great. It's Coco man. Diaz. Joey's great. Yeah, I, I, I like I like all those guys. Um, the, the death squad, the old the old death squad guys. You know, your your Diaz, Segura, Kreischer, uh, uh, Trussell, um, uh, Tony. Yeah, Tony. You know, was Sickler in on that too? I, I don't think so. But 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 
I like Sickler too. Uh, those LA guys from that from the the the, the te- two, 20 teens, fucking I love all those guys, man. Oh yeah. Um, and then all the guys in New York, you know, you got Big J, you got Louis J Gomez, you got. Uh, um, I mean, there's so many that I I, I can't. Ari, Ari's there. Yeah, Ari's there. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, Ari. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, Ari. Fuck. Um, but yeah, they're all great, man. Like I, Ta- I think Tony's still in New York. I mean, Tony Rock. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Tony Rock's New York. Fucking earthquakes right down the road in Atlanta, baby. Really? Yeah. Holy shit! Dude, his special is fucking good, man. He writes nothing down. He's well. He says he writes. Nothing Fuck. down. I wish I could do that. I wish I, I could there's not no write way at all. I can. So Neil, um, and I've said this a couple times on the show too. Neil explained to me his writing process and the fact that he enjoys working it out before he dictates it. Like so, he will. He his memory's so impressive that that's how he. Really. That's that's his method. See, I, I do that with stories, but I have to record them. You know, like I'll do like I'll I'll tell the same. If I have an idea for for the story I want to tell, I'll tell it like eight times or whatever. And but I'll, I'll just but I won't listen to the recording. But I'll just say it eight times. You know what I mean? And and then and then I'll slightly go and say different things about it in a different way. You know, I'm telling the same story, and then I'll figure out where the beats are, where the new things that could be better beats and all that stuff. And then so I compile that together, and then I create. But if he just does it off memory, that is some fucking prodigy shit. Yeah, you know, Neil's 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 a madman. That's so cool, dude. I'm pretty sure Neil's an alien. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> or an agent of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he could definitely be that as well. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 so cool. I I uh, I think um, uh, um, was it uh, Ralphie May? He said that he never wrote anything down, or he or, he, or he's written so many jokes, but he has like a really good memory. I don't know if he said eidetic memory, but he's got a really good memory to where he has so many hours of material that he's just written down that he just remembers but he doesn't say because he just has it all there when he wants to use it and and, and the fact that he can just pick from it I mean it's some people are just uh, Ra- Ralphie's one of my favorites I love Ralphie man. I, I wish I wish we still had Ralphie and Patrice yeah man me too God Patrice was yeah I, was, you know you know I could tell you some fun stories about Patrice I'm so serious Rocky Wilson. Have you met Rocky yet? I, I met Rocky during the uh, festival. Yeah. Yeah, he's a nice guy, man. Yeah, Rocky, dude, so Rocky was there, like, when Eddie recorded Raw. Oh. Like, when I say he was wow. there, I don't mean, like, like, he was, he was, like, he was with the comics. That's like, crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, it, it's, 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 it's crazy to think that that was, you know, that was 80 fucking 6, 87 maybe. Um, that's so long ago, and it's, it's, man. Rocky's been at it for a minute. That's so cool. That's so cool because he's seen all the different. Or he's had to have seen all the different uh, 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 evolutions of comedy, and been there for him. And that's oh yeah, that's really neat, man. Because it's one thing to to watch it as a fan, but to be involved in it uh, for that, uh, that, you know, all through all those times is pretty cool. To be on the inside is what I'm trying to say. To be on the inside and know how everything went down. Cool. It is insane. Uh, where's it at? There's. Is it this one? Is this rock? I think that's rock. That's Rocky. Wow. Jerry Wilson is 
How y'all doing? Is uh, rock is definitely, definitely insane. Like he uh, it's it's he's he's living comedy like, lore. It's it's crazy. That's that's dope, man. He knew uh he knew Patrice. He knew Kevin. Uh, like he just like rocks just Jesus Rocky. It's, that's cool. Every time I get to see him, I just make sure I'm like rock was happening, man. He's like, what's up, Tone? Anytime I do a bad joke, he'll be like, man, one think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's awesome. Oh, dude. And but I remember the first time he told me he was like, I like that. I like the way. And he told me like, because it's like you know he he specifically said he's like I like the way you changed that from the way you did it last time. Mm-hmm. And that was cool to me to mm-hmm. think that like maybe the joke was cool enough to him the first time he was like almost. And you know then I said it that way and he was like that's cool. You know. Yeah, that's yeah, man. Those are good people to have around. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh. You know, I feel like when you start comedy, you, you, you try to gravitate towards certain people and things like that to like, okay, I, you know, I really respect this person. I want to learn. And, and those are very important people to have. I, um, the, the fact that I get to hang out with David Goolsby, J.D. Etheridge, and Dayhon Hendrick, and David Decaro is insane to me as far as guys that were doing it before I got here. Yeah. But then like, you know, out of what, what I refer to as like my class, you know, you've got like me, Antonio, Dakota Day, Eric Brown, Juice, mm-hmm. which Juice is technically a redo because he did it before all of us and then came back to it. Yeah. Um, and then you got like Andy Forster. Andy Forster won the, I think the first UCC they said. Wow. Um, you know, he's from here. He's, I know you've seen him on Dry Bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, That's cool. Yeah, uh, Shit, Sean Patton comes up here a lot too. Sean, yeah, Sean Patton. I love come, Sean. We, we come to Boise. Um, he's 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 amazing. Yeah. Um, Jojo Castillo is one of my favorite com- traveling comics that comes through. He's great. Uh, let's see who else in my class. Uh, um, Jermaine Colando is in my class. A little 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 weird, but you know he can be he can be <laughs> a fun man. Little weird, little weird. He actually had the most viewed episode on my show for a little while. Oh, shit. Yeah, he got the throne like two days ago. I haven't told him yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who beat him? Uh, I'll tell you later. Okay, okay, okay. I'll tell you later. Um, Man. But it's, a, it's, it's funny who did. Because uh, it was an episode that I didn't think I listened to a lot. And then I went and looked and I was like, oh. Um, let's see. Uh, who else is my class? Oh, the have you have you met Jack yet? You ain't met young Jack yet. Have I don't think you? I have. Dude, no. Jack's sixteen. Oh shit! And he's a monster. Damn, dude, that's funny. There's a young kid in Boise named Jack, and he's he's 
He's doing real good. We all give Jack shit, though, because he wears shorts. <laughs> There'll be 40 degrees outside. Jack will show up in a hoodie. Hoochie He's mommy shorts. shorts. Oh, my gosh. Like, it, bro, above his knee, like a common whore. That's like, just, funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, man. All it, of us. I told Jack I was getting pants for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, I, I, I can't wear shorts in the winter. You don't wear shorts on stage. Oh, oh, you don't oh, wear yeah. shorts on stage. Never. You don't wear, if you're outside near the beach or it's super hot and you have like long shorts, like long baggy shorts, you might could pull that off depending on the yeah. owner. Yep. Yeah, that's... but if you're inside, I don't care where you're at. Yeah, if you are inside and you're not Gabriel Iglesias. Yep. Don't wear, don't wear shorts. Shorts. No, nope. that's a big no-no. That really is. That really is. There's I... actually a book in comedy you can read that says don't wear shorts on. The title of the book is Don't Wear Shorts on Stage. <laughs> I can't remember who wrote it, but I need to get it. I, I did. I did. Uh, uh, I went to Austin, Texas, for my brother's wedding back in 2017. And um, I did a, a five-minute spot at the Velveeta Room. This, and this is before the Austin boom. This is like a couple years, you know, because the Austin boom didn't happen. I was going to say, that's like a year out. Yeah. So I, like, it was good, though. It was still popping, you know? And, and I, 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 I was in shorts because I was on vacation. I didn't have any pants, you know? And, and uh, the guy will never work at that club again. Yeah, dude. They, hopefully they'll just never remember me um, by the time I see them again. Uh, but, but, yeah, um, I bombed. On, with shorts on stage, it was horrible. My whole family was there, dude. Oh no! Oh, dude. For, uh, the only joke that hit was my very last one after like four minutes and fifty seconds, dude. Like it just, it was just crickets, bro. And but I was only like a year in, and I was super nervous, and all all the all the excuses I could make. But it was rough, bro. It was rough. Um, but but yeah, I was in shorts then. But I even made a joke about it. I, I think I said something like. I mentioned it, not that it was a joke, but I mentioned it and I was like, I'm in shorts because, you know, I'm on vacation, so I forgot or I don't care. Whatever I said, and they're like, <laughs> So things you should always, so as a, as a man, I think that anytime you go out of town, you should always have a go bag on you. And that go bag should have uh, a flashlight. It should have a pocket knife. It should have uh, some sort of tiny first aid kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should have a little bit of water. Um, I try to keep an MRE in mine uh, that's current and not outdated yeah uh and then also in that bag are a clean pair of socks a clean pair of underwear a clean pair of pants and a clean white t-shirt uh and the, and then of course like a toiletries kit to to do that but that, that that's like you should like uh you know when i hit the road next year i'll definitely have a i like to call them oh shit bags like it's just full of all the stuff you don't think you might need like it'll have like you know, for comic, like if I was going to a stage show, it'd have like extra guitar cables and stuff like that. But yeah. being being a comic, I'll probably carry like I've got a mic in my closet. I'll probably take it with me. I'll probably take yeah. a couple mic cables because you never know what's happening at the establishment. Yeah. Probably have a couple power cords. Uh, probably have a small toolkit. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. But it'll be in like a rucksack type bag, and that'll be my yeah. oh shit bag. Like, it's like it's like always having your gimmick bag. Yeah. When you're a wrestler, like in the trunk, it's always in the trunk, regardless, because you somebody might ask you if you have your shit. But yeah, no, it's the same thing. That, you know, I always say keep like a, for comedy reasons, keep, bring, have a microphone and all that stuff. But if you can, it's you know, maybe not feasible all the time, but if you can't, I don't have it right now. But if you can, I think it's very important to have a microphone with a stand, your cord, and then a speaker of some sort. Just like an amplifier, just in case. I can't tell you how many shows I've been to and the audio stopped working. Like, no audio 
And you're like, but you have these two big speakers. Like, yeah, they went out. We can't figure it out. So you just have to yell at the crowd for, you know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever your time is. And so, again, I don't have it, but but I think it's really important. really important to have some sort of little a speaker stand and a microphone and a court. You know what I mean? That That's... that's uh, 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 just in case thing, because you never know. You could I could, I could, dude. We could go to a, a a pawn shop right now and buy a fifty dollar tag along amp, dude. Like, per- perfect. And, and then like I've got a mic and a cable. All we need is a converter from a female three point two quarter inch, mm-hmm. which I also have for yeah. reasons. Um, matter of fact, I have everything but the amp. I mean, I've got an amp we could take with us, but I mean, like, I think that's a bit much. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's and that's just the that's just the head off the half stack. The rest of the damn. the rest of the half stack currently doubles as a as a as a, a stand for my snake. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. No, that but yeah, man, something like even even something like that if that's what was available. That's ridiculous. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking gain and reverb over here. Like, all right, man, man, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's you know I just think it's yeah it's it's important for to have that. Um, and I think that the the, the the next chance I get I'll probably have something like that just for just in case you go to a brewery you go to a bar you go to a fucking basement somewhere whatever you're doing comedy these are these these i call it these are indie shows right we do our indie shows and and uh and you just never know if the if the audio's out or whatever so and you're like oh i have shit in my car you know? Dude, I could imagine being like a cookout with a bunch of comedians and be like, screw it, anybody want to do time? I'd be like, yo, I got an ample mic in the stands. Exactly, dude. Yeah. And yeah. that's how that's how your first 30-minute special gets recorded right there. <laughs> yeah. In a, in a room full of comics. You could, could you imagine having like 100 comics at a cookout and a stage getting erected out of nowhere like after everybody's done had a few and like oh, it'd be a thing where it's like, dude, the whoo. The cookout show. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. And like it has to happen on the spot and you just start calling comics. Yeah. Like you, you, you have comics sign up, but it's at random. Nobody knows the lineup. Yo, we're going to pitch this show. Nobody else take this idea. It's going to be called yeah. the cookout show. The cookout show. The cookout I'm, show. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's because, I mean, you already, uh, uh, you've had a few or you're, or, or, or you're vibing, whatever, man. And you're like, cool. Um, let's totally do some time. It's just us. Like, and your best shit can come out. Because of the comfortability, yeah, you know, and 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 even if even if it's something that you just need for uh, either a good tape or maybe like a, you're like, oh wow, I'm glad that I have this because I've never told it this way before. It, you just for a recording, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's all, oh, dude. That's yeah, man. Yep, the cookout show coming dude. your way next summer. Mm-hmm. Watch, watch me. Well, I'll have it somewhere stupid. I have it somewhere dumb. We could do it on a rooftop. Oh, dude. Oh. Matter of fact, I think I know a rooftop we could use. A rooftop would be amazing. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah. It's got to be a rooftop with a handrail, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there needs to be a fence or something. <laughs> could you imagine that? And then suddenly, my wife... Ah! Oh, that's hilarious. I, I just thought it being on the on the roof was cool, but you're right. If everyone's fucked up, <laughs> we're all on a roof. <laughs> Whoops! Yo, man, I'm high and I'm so oh, high. That's all me too. Mm-hmm. Oh just, man, dude. But yeah, so I, I think yeah, it's it, the potential um, that 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 I I I, I maybe mean, that potential is not the right word, but like the 
the way that the scene runs here, um, I, I'm really loving the potential for growth that I can gain from being around you guys and then, and, 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 you know, I don't know. I'm just glad I'm part of the community. That's all. Yeah, you're, and uh, I'm, I'm so glad you're here, dude. It's, it's, it's been super nice to see, like, because, like, I mean, like, I think, I think I hung out with you, this guy named Will that was not from far from y'all, I think, too. Uh, Will and, uh, uh um, Oh, shit, what's his last she, name? Will. Eisenberg. No, not Eisenberg. I, him, too. But the other Will, the the short Will that had the long hair. Yeah, I forget. Yeah. He was from Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, him and his roommate. Uh, you know, I think y'all were the guys I hung out with. And uh, Oscar P. I hung out with Oscar P. quite a little bit too. Yeah, uh, he was he was cool. He was cool. Little little strong, but a little cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he was just. I mean, like it was just. You know, he he's so used to doing it one way. You know, with it being another way. You know, with somebody else running. It. And Jenny, you know, so a lot of club owners are kind of like you know. They don't. They don't give no pushback out there. Jenny, like Jenny, fucking will grab you by the reins. Yeah. So like anybody that wasn't used to like, she's like, "Yo, we're going." Yeah. Well, you know, it's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's that's, that's good though. You know, it's. I don't think anybody's ran the light since the festival. <laughs> Dude, it'll happen. I'm I'm so paranoid of the light. I'm paranoid that I'm not going to see it, that I, I, I fancy myself as being really good at the light. I'll watch, Jenny. Yeah, because I'm, yeah, yeah. Because I, that's the last thing, because I get so uncomfortable with people that run the light. I'm like, I get so uncomfortable because it's just, I, I put myself in that position. I'm like, oh my God, just get off. Dude, there and were like, a couple comics that, that blew my mind, like during the festival that had music come on. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, it was. It's really crazy, man. I uh, and it, it's not anything on anybody. I just for some reason for me, I I I obsess about it. I do too. You know? I do too. I obsess a lot over it. It's one of the things. Um, shit. Especially when you're doing a lot of time. Like if you go up there and do like fifteen twenty minutes, dude. After like, I'm just gonna get after twelve minutes. You're you going, have no concept of time. Yeah, and you and, and then so you're like you have to oh shit the light and then now you now you're waiting for it but you're still in it but you're like. You lose it. You're like, oh shit! I've been, I've been just flowing for a little bit. I've finally. Bit. Jenny said something to me one time. She was like, "You should know your jokes, and you should know your mm-hmm. way to tell them." That's kind of why I write the way I write. You know, in that one, the compendium I've got with my bullet points in my yeah, because yeah. like it allows me to put stuff in and take stuff out when I need to. Yeah, um, it's really helpful. Yeah, it's 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 um really nice to know your bits. I think Gary Shanley said this on on uh, on Pete Holmes podcast a while back. Um, but it is something along the lines of. Of because the, the the debate well, maybe it wasn't even that it was something but Gary Shanley said it he said um, a lot of people think um, oh I want to be able to just kind of be you know free on stage I don't want to memorize my jokes because I don't want to sound robotic and he says something like well he goes I think that you need to know your jokes inside and out like 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 to where to where somebody can interrupt you and you can go right back to where you were because you know you know where you're at. And he said, so you so you get to the point to where you've 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 kind of, for lack of a better word, memorized them. I don't mean to say it like that, but you you know them from word from word. I guess memorized. You know them word for word, and and uh, that way you can play with it, because you already know its structure. Yeah. You know, and I always I always thought that was super super cool. I feel like that's why it takes me so long to crank out a joke. Like anytime I'm writing something new, like to get it to the point where it goes in there, yeah, it's I have to know it seven different ways. Yeah, yep. But then it goes in there. Yep, I've been telling this story for like, 
three years now, man. Ooh, yes. Good, 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 good. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. It's a perfect time for a story. So yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so uh, this one that I've been, I've been, I've been working out is. Uh, um, well, maybe I should I should tell the story I'm working out. What do you think? Should I tell? I, I could tell many other stories. I w- I wouldn't if, if this is something you're about to do on stage. I wouldn't burn material on you because shockingly enough, people listen to me. I, uh, dude, this, respect, dude. I get it. I, like it's it's not a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's, I'm not putting up like no fucking kill Rogan. You know, yeah, yeah. kill Rogan. Wait a minute, um, Joe Rogan, kill Tony numbers. You know, nothing like that. Yeah, but yeah, I've yeah. got they're, they're, I've got a steady nice little so like it, it will it'll get heard. Okay. I, I definitely tell you it'll get heard. Well, um. um so the one I won't do the one that I've been working on because it'll sound too bitty. So how about this? I'll tell. Uh, would you want something from? Dude, you can you can whatever kind of because you know you're a storyteller and I'm sure whatever story it's from it's funny. Like if run run back your annals and do one you might not do a lot. Okay. Like, like and and that'll you know. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll do one from well, a lot of them are for, were from wrestling days. Um, so you, uh, I never told this on podcast. I never put this out on anything, but you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. This is the story of, uh, El Borro Blanco. Okay. So if people don't know, that's the white donkey. And I spent a lot of time in Mexico, a lot of time in Mexico wrestling. And I gained this, this name, El Burro Blanco, uh, was what they would call me. Um, and how this started uh, um, <laughs> was we were is after a show. And pro wrestling in strip clubs is like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> 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 Strip clubs to pro wrestling is like is like the Pizza Hut after the Little League Championship. Like you have to go after a show. It's just it's just that's just the business, especially back then. I don't know about now, but back then it was. And um, so we're at the strip club uh, in Mexico, and uh, my buddy. So I I I I I'm a yes guy, especially back then. I was a yes guy, right? Absolutely, let's do it. You know, and so we're in the strip club. And my buddy Sergio goes, he goes, uh, he goes, let's, my big jacked up dude. Um, I love you, buddy, but he's got this lisp, right? And, he, and he's like, hey, dude, let's go up to the stage. And I was like, all right, cool. And, and, <laughs> and so we go up to the stage and, he, and, 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 and I said, I put the dollar bill on the stage for the, the stripper. And he, and he looks at me and he goes, hey, dude, he goes, this is what you do. You put the dollar bill in your mouth, and then you sit up on stage, and then you lay down. And I was like, no way, dude. And he goes, he goes, do it, do it. And I was like, uh, yeah, of course, you know? And, and I fucking put the dollar bill, I pick it up from the stage, the dirty ass stage, I put it in my mouth. And I, I turn around, I, I get up, sit up on the stage, and I lay down. And the two strippers came over and they grabbed the dollar bill out of my mouth and then they grabbed me by my armpits and they drugged me on stage and, and, and they, and they ripped my clothes off. Right. Like, 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 like just, just, just everything. I mean, ripped. I mean like, like Hulk Hogan, my shirt, you know, I had, I had these like rip off, uh, 
uh, gym pants on because you know we just got done with the show, and they rip those off with the snaps, and they like open flap my boxer on the open flap and like rip my boxers, I, and nothing, dude, and and they just start jumping on my face, and like like or sitting on my it was it was very very sexual. I'm not gonna lie to you, it yeah, was very yeah, sexual yeah, on stage. Seems sexual, and and uh, uh, and I was just like. This is crazy, dude. Like, like, I would have never thought that this is what would happen if I laid on stage with a dollar bill in my mouth. And it was a dollar. It was a dollar. Jesus it was a Christ. dollar. And and so they're working it out, man, and it's great. And and then uh, uh, things, you know, things kind of died down a little bit. I don't know if it was just they had enough. I don't, I don't know what was going, but it was it was like three or four songs, dude. And I was like, this is still happening. It's, I'm still just laying here. Um, and, and so everything gets done. They get off stage. I get off stage and I have my hand over my junk and I'm walking around the, the strip club. I go to the bar and I'm like, do you have my something, anything? And they, they and the guy shows me my, my, my pants and I had to give them $5 for my pants. And then, and then I wore my pants and then we're just, we, we walked, it was two stories. So I'm still like not realizing this has just happened. Like this is, you know, like, I mean, I mean, crazy shit, dude. And so we go upstairs and there's another stage and it's those two girls. Now this stage is a round stage and it just spins ever so slowly. <laughs> right. And, and so, uh, I go up and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, here it is. And I went up and I grabbed like a $10 bill and I just like went to like throw it. And, and she went, she picked it up and she looked at me and then she's like, uh-uh. And then she grabbed my hand and she took me back up on stage. And, and, and uh, uh, they didn't really do anything sexual because it was all over with. <laughs> and I was like, there's not, no way I can do this again. And... Uh, <laughs> So we, 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 we get on stage and I'm naked. They're naked. And all I was doing, all I could do was I looked at him and I was like, let's pose. And so we were doing Hulk, the Hulk Hogan poses. I was teaching him the, the Hulk Hogan poses as the, as the stage is spinning. And we're just like, you know, and it's just like, El Boro Blanco. And, and it stuck. The promoter kept that name. It didn't ever call me El Boro Blanco in Mexico. I was Chance Montana. But like... <laughs> Which is a whole other bag of worms. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Chance Montana. He's like, we don't like this gimmick here, man. I like your work, but I hate this fucking gimmick. And, but, but so, and El Boro Blanco was this thing, man. It lasted for a long time. Every time we were in the strip club, he would have the, the stripper, he'd have the DJ uh, at a certain point give me an introduction. And I'd be drinking, I'd be hanging out with other, the other strippers and all the other, you know, that's what you did at a strip club. And we would just be hanging out. And then they would the the the, uh, the uh, DJ would say this speech and he go El Puro Blanco, and I knew that's okay. Here's here's my cue. Hold up, and I'd get up and I'd walk on stage and they'd rip my clothes off and you know and they'd do the thing and then it was like and then we'd do Hulk Hogan poses all different places like all different places. What? It was my stick to teach them the Hulk Hogan poses eventually <laughs> no, on stage. No. <laughs> yeah. And this is just something that just naturally became a thing. 
became a thing. Sometimes it would, it would always happen where I'd get worked off and then they would announce me and I get on stage and they try to wiggle it around. And I'm like, there's nothing. I was like, there's nothing we could do here. If this is what you're looking for. And then they would just point and they'd laugh and I'd be like, shut up. And then we'd do Hulk Hogan poses. And then I get off stage and I get my clothes back on. That, so that's El Boro Blanco. I, I, uh, oh, I made an El Boro Blanco t-shirt. <laughs> Jesus God. That's the best thing I've ever. We're going to, we're putting that on merch for you. I just want you to know. And that's how you're closing your special. That's, that's, this is your machine story. I can tell you a machine story if there's time. Oh God! Uh, it's a uh, mafia story too. I worked for the. Uh, I, I worked. I, I worked for. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. We're. I'm gonna have you back on. Uh, so uh, season three, we're bringing on video. Okay. And I. I need people to be able to see your face for that. Okay. <laughs> Just we'll blur it out in whatever state they're in. Because yeah. um, <laughs> we have that technology. But uh, the reason I say that is because. You know, A, it's been uh, it's been awesome having you on, man. Dude, it's been great being here, man. Dude, Thank you. It's uh it's great having you in town and in the scene, and I hope you like it. And I wish nothing but the best for you. But uh, there's this little thing I do um at the end of my episodes. First off, I'd like to start saying that I um you know like I say uh, this is the sidewalk crew. My name's Tony Rodriguez, and uh I'm an aspiring uh, stand up comic, uh, or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a local stand up. I guess I'd say at this yeah, point now, uh, local stand up. And uh, I think the best place in the world to do stand-up is uh, the Idiot Box Comedy Club. Uh, they've got classes that go on all the time. Uh, there's improv class coming up. There's improv class going on right now that um, I'm actually a part of. There's a, uh, yeah, I'm taking improv. <laughs> and terror! We'll talk about that on another episode. <laughs> um, uh, there's, uh, there's a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's a stand-up class. There's another improv class that's starting to. They run classes all the time. I think they're winding down for the year, and then they'll start back up next year. We've always got shows going on. Um, uh, two dates that I could think of right off the top of my head right now. I know November 13th, Dusty Cagle will be there. Um, and then I know uh, January 13th is uh, the brother-in-law show, Eric Brown and Juice Atkins. And we'll get them on there, uh, on here before that show goes down so we can talk to them both. They're both uh, guys I count myself up very, very close with in, in the stand-up community. They're, 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 they're awesome um, in that. But uh, so and uh, open mics on Thursdays. Uh, if you want to try comedy, I feel like that's a fun place to do it. I'm not saying there's not other cool comedy clubs in the triad. Um, you know, there's uh, there's a bunch of cool stuff in Charlotte. This uh, lady named Lauren Ansley sets up, and then you've got Monster Kate and Winston. They do a mic on Monday. I just church for me is the idiot box. So um, if you ever thought about doing an open mic and you're in the area, uh, hit them up on Thursdays. Buy a ticket online first because the spots fill up fast. We've actually got so many people that are interested in comedy right now that we have to kind of cap the mic at a certain point or we just, we'd never be able to go home, which is a good thing. We want that scene flooded. And if you want your chance, you know, get your ticket early, that'll get you on the list. Um, and that's the way to do it. Um, so yeah, that's my, uh, idiot box. Check them out online on Facebook. It's my favorite place in the world to uh, do comedy fucking church. Hell yeah. Um, so, uh, years ago, I started the show, the Sidewalk Crew, uh, with a bunch of friends of mine. We were really funny people, and uh, the name came about because it was a bunch of us that talked shit about everybody who walked in the bar, and we stood on the sidewalk when we did it. Um, and through happenstance and a bunch of crazy changes, uh, a lot of the guys in our lives changed and our schedules changed. So, uh, I decided to carry on this iteration of the show uh, by myself as, as a podcast, which is thus far been mostly audio. It's just me talking to cool people. It's not that I don't plan on having those guys on. I'm hopefully uh, planning on wrapping season two with them in a big like reunion show. Um, which will probably be our first video thing. You'll want to be on for that finale, yeah. so you need to sign up for the Patreon for that. Hey, shameless plug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
But uh, I just like having a conversation with cool people and people tell me, oh, did you get that from Arsenio Fallon? You know, who who, who was your thing? And uh, it's, for me, it was James Lipton. I thought it was the best interview on the planet. And at the end of James Lipton's interviews on Inside the Actor's Studio, where he was the dean of the actor's school, um, he would ask the Pivo questionnaire, which I think is a really cool way to uh, find out about people. And until Bravo, TLC, or whoever that show tells me I can't do it, I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> so, Jeremy, what is your favorite word? You know, earlier, I'm going to change it on you. Earlier, we were talking about uh, cunt. I love the word cunt, but I'm going to tell you what. My word, my word is respect. I yeah. say respect. I say respect as a hello, a goodbye, a thank you, uh, my bad. Uh, uh, respect can be used. Respect is my aloha. <laughs> That's good. Trust me, you'll get, it. You'll, you'll get a chance for the other one, too. Um, what is your least favorite word? Oh. Uh, stupid. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Um, I'll, I'll say what turns me on creatively. What creatively it turns me on is, uh, um, uh, going and watching a live act. It doesn't matter if it's music, theater, uh, so performance, uh, any kind of performance. Mm-hmm. Cause, um, I think it was, I listened to. Diaz a long time ago and he said something like I think it was Paul Mooney told him he said if you ever feel like you need inspiration go watch any live performance of something because it should give you inspiration and so I that yeah that okay. fuels my creativity hell yeah what turns you off um uh uh bullies what is your favorite curse word cunt there you go what sound do you love? Um, I love. Oh wow. Um. Holy shit. Oh yeah. Maybe like a. Um. Holy shit, dude. That is a hard one. Um. Uh, my favorite sound would have to be. Just fucked me up. <laughs> you just fucked me up. Um, I'm, I got I got one for you. I just got I just got to I got to find it. It's 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 in the roughage. Uh, the first cut on the first piece of construction paper. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. That's a very good answer. That's good. I <laughs> it was on Family Guy, and the first time I heard that, I was like, fucking right though. Um, when the oven uh, dings. There you go. Yeah, I like that sound. Yeah. <laughs> what sound do you hate? I hate... Um, uh, <coughs> there was a sound on a, on a horror movie one time that was the sound of uh, toenail being ripped off of the toe. Ooh. And that was probably the worst sound. I don't even know. It's a, like a weird sound. Yeah, it was rough. That was rough. All right. We're going to jam through these last three real quick because we we on a crunch. <laughs> oh, shit, son. Uh, yeah, we got like 60. What profession other than yours would you like to try? Which what? What profession other than yours would you like to try? Um, Music. What profession would you never do? Uh, construction. And if God exists, what would you like to hear him say when you walk through the pearly gates? Welcome.
That works for me. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on, brother. Thank you, Appreciate bro. you so much. Thank you all for listening. Uh, please, please, please keep listening. Thank you all so much for everything. Um, we're going to tag Jeremy at the end of it, and we're gonna he's going to tell you where, uh, or we're going to tag his page so you can follow him on there. Um, and it, it's been awesome. Thank you guys for coming so long. Uh, drop your handles real quick so they can know where to follow you. Uh, Jeremy Nelson on uh, Facebook, at... Jeremy Nelson stand up on Instagram. All right. Jeremy Nelson, thank you so much for coming thank on, brother. Thank you, bro. Respect. Hell yeah. That's what he says. Thank y'all so much for listening to the Sidewalk Crew. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Bye.